Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, a motivational speaker, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And today, before I introduce our guest, I wanted to just do a quick little reminder to our audience about something. You know, as you've heard me say over and over again, I've survived breast cancer five times, and I'm actually in my fifth battle right now. And there's three things that have always gotten me through each of my battles, and I just wanted to kind of remind you what those three things are today and we'll just do this very quickly because I've got a guest that has got so much great information I want to get to her as quickly as we can but the three things are humor happiness and hope and today I think with all this coronavirus stuff going on and and you know there's just so much going on in our world that's different than what we're accustomed to and then add on top of that a breast cancer diagnosis it's a pretty, it can be a pretty daunting time for people. So I want to just remind you, humor, happiness, and hope. So today when you're on social media and you see some funny little cartoon image that comes across your screen that makes you laugh out loud, and I mean, I, I get those, I just, I crack me up, you know, maybe think about sharing that because if it made you laugh, it might make somebody else laugh. I think we all need humor in our lives to kind of get through some of the difficult challenges that we face. The second thing is happiness. And find something, one thing today. Make me a promise. Do one thing today that puts a smile on your face, that brings you joy, that makes you happy. You know, I'm starting to work on a new book and I've already created the chapter titles. Today, my one thing is going to be I'm going to work on one chapter of my book because I know I'll find joy and happiness in that moment. So for you, maybe it's music, maybe it's painting, maybe it's taking a beautiful picture of, of our spring flowers, whatever it is. Find something and do one thing today that takes you outside of what you've been doing that brings you joy and puts a smile on your face. And the third thing is hope. Find something today that gives you hope. And one of the things about our radio show, our goal is always to bring hope to our listeners. And and we always close with that tagline that there's always hope and we're here to help you find it. So maybe the hope is listening to this radio broadcast today and hearing some of the things that our guest is going to be sharing with us that may give you a different perspective on some of the things that you're going through personally, maybe in your cancer treatment or the treatment of someone that you love. And if it's not this particular episode, go through our archives and look for a title of a show that that really speaks to you and go back and listen. Our archives are there for a reason. So go back and listen to them. And if you find an episode that really just speaks to you, share it with your friends because hope is everything. So humor, happiness, and hope. Those are the three things I want you to focus on today. So with that, I get to introduce our fabulous guest. Dr. Diana Henson received her doctorate in naturopathic medicine from the National University of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon. She is licensed as a primary care physician and has been working in naturopathic medicine for 30 years. And I I know her. She looks like she must have started when she was 12 because she looks very young. Dr. Henson has extensive, I hear her giggling too. Dr. Henson has extensive training and experience in the field of intravenous nutrient therapy, bioidentical hormone replacement. See, I could never do this because I don't even know these words. Um, Replacement therapy and anti-aging medicine. She lectures globally on these topics and has a busy telemedicine program, which sounds fascinating. I want to hear about that. Offering consultations for patients living outside the Portland metro area. In 2019, Dr. Henson joined the board of directors for Breast Friends of Oregon. She's an active member in the Breast Friends community, frequently facilitating workshops and lectures on integrative medicine and breast cancer. Welcome to my show, Dr. Diana. I'm so glad to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Becky. This is awesome. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Excellent. Well, why don't you just tell us briefly just something about you personally that isn't in your bio that maybe our audience would just love to know about you because I always think that that's a nice way to start the show. Oh, sure. Um, I was born and raised in Oregon and I went to medical school here 
And so I'm an Oregon girl at my core, but something I do like is to travel. I would say that would be my, my second passion besides medicine. I've, and where, I've, where have you been? What's the most exotic place you've been to? Oh, boy. Um, probably Thailand. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool, cool. And hobbies, interests. I mean, I like to karaoke. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't think I know that's weird. That. But, you know. <laughs> no, no, it's not weird. If you can pull it off, that's wonderful. And I've heard you sing, so I know you can pull it off. <laughs> I, I can't do that, no. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, I don't know about hobbies. And I, I think traveling uh, would be my main hobby, if anything. Uh, I love I love medicine, and I love helping people, and, and so, you know, that takes a lot of time. Yeah, I'm sure it does, and so let's just jump right in, because we have a lot to talk about, but tell me, why did you decide to go into naturopathic medicine? You know, why this? <laughs> that was a fluke. <laughs> really? I, yep, I was working in high tech, um, and one of the engineers knew that I wasn't really happy doing what I was doing. It was administrative work. And his wife had just opened up a naturopathic facility. She was acupuncture and naturopathic medicine. And and he said, you know, she needs somebody to manage her office. And, you know, cocky 23-year-old, sure, I can do that. And uh, and so I went and interviewed. And now, mind you, I'd, not, I'd heard of acupuncture, but I'd never, I had never heard of naturopathic medicine. I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so complete novice, but hey, I, I can do that. <laughs> and so I went and interviewed, and the doctors took a chance on me. Uh, they thought that I would be, do a good job, and um, yeah, I, I loved it, though. I mean, to be able to see that side of medicine where people came in, and they didn't feel good, and they came out after treatment, and they felt better. I mean, that doesn't happen very often in in a doctor's office. And so I thought, hey, this is pretty cool. <laughs> well, that answers my next question. I was going to ask you, what are the greatest blessings in what you do? And it sounds like you just nailed it right there, you know, making people feel better and giving them some outcomes that maybe they hadn't expected. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I, and I love that. At the end of the, day, end of the day, it is all about quality of life, in my opinion. And if you can have good quality of life, that, that goes into the humor and the, the hope and the happiness. You can, you can accomplish. You can spend time with your family. And that's what it's about. That's wonderful. I love that. Thank you so much for, for opening up your heart on that. So let's talk about what you do specifically as it relates to um, cancer patients and cancer treatment. Cause, because I don't, I'm thinking in my mind that people don't automatically put naturopathic medicine and cancer together in the same sentence. So I'm, I'm thinking that there's probably a learning curve in that where people can, um, where, you know, you maybe have to open open the, the window a little bit and let people kind of see in what, sure. what, is it that you, what is it that you can offer. You know, we think of going to an oncologist. That's the first thing. And so talk, let's talk a little bit about what you do that maybe brings it all together and, you know, brings it home, you know, like IV therapy. I know that's a big part of, of what you do. And, and what else? Well, it, it, IV therapy is, is a, a big part of what we do. It's not the only thing we do. Okay. So naturopathic medicine has been around forever. Um, and it's gone through a lot of phases. Even in the last, you know, 100 years, it's gone through a lot of uh, different phases. And, and so now it has really evolved to the point where, we are primary care physicians. We we prescribe medications, standard pharmaceutical medications, as well as looking at uh, if there's an, a natural, a more natural way to address a health concern. As far as cancer is concerned, um, you know, folks who are going through cancer, they have they have a lot of um, health issues that are going to contribute to how well they feel going through it. Now, no one can say that going through it is going to be a bed of roses. It's not. Uh, We all know that. But if we can help a person with their quality of life and help them be able to interact with their family using more of a natural approach, then that's what we do. 
And I know you. a lot of the work that you do does involve managing some of the side effects mm-hmm. of maybe, you know, standard chemos and things like that. Is that, is that a big part or... It, it, it's, it is a big part because okay. many of our, our patients are going through standard chemo therapy and radiation. And so our job is to dovetail around that and work with rather than against uh, the, the chemotherapy, radiation, and the conventional therapy. So we never want to work against the, the current treatment plan. We want to work with, and, and that's always my, my biggest uh, goal. I'm really glad to hear that. And I mean, I, I've known this about you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a guest on my show, probably. <laughs> but um, I, so I do know this about you. And I think that what you just said is really important because we're not suggesting that somebody do this only um, when they have cancer, but definitely in conjunction with, which is the difference between integrative and alternative. Cool. You know, we're not looking at alternative therapies. We're looking at integrative therapies where you're integrating with with standard with the standard of care. Absolutely. And I, I think that's critical. Um, so let's talk about um, IV therapy, because I want to know what, you know, like how long is how long has that even been around? We've got about four minutes till our break. So um, let's just kind of get through as far as we can, and we can always pick it up on the other side. So Okay, no problem. It's been around since the 1890s. It was actually uh, developed by an Italian physician, IV therapy in general, or I should say IV technology, was, was uh, developed by Dr. Boselli, uh, I believe, in the 1890s. But it really wasn't put into use until the 1950s, around the Korean War. Um, as far as what we do, that the, the IV nutrient therapy, that wasn't really a big thing until the 1990s. Although Linus Pauling and Ewan Cameron, uh, they actually did a study back in 1976. They published a paper in 76, but the study was done a little bit earlier than that. And they found that giving intravenous nutrients, just a small amount over a course of 10 days, improved the, the survival rate uh, by about 210 uh, days in terminal cancer patients. Wow. And, you know, Linus, Linus Pauling is well known for, uh, for being the father of vitamin C, but I think that it was the combo and the, the inquisitiveness that he had uh, to seek further and, and to say, okay, well, if that's the case, why? How does that work? You know, I, I want to address what you just said, though, about the, you said an average of 210 days mm-hmm. for terminal. You know, for people listening that maybe have an early stage cancer or, you know, for them, 210 days doesn't sound like a lot. But for somebody who is battling stage four cancer, um, 210 days is a long time and you know that's that's really that's really encouraging and um, and that to me that's that's hope right there so um, but can I say that that yeah. is the case that that is an average and that isn't the case in every case so I never want any patient to think oh well you know I'm going to have 210 days you know of, of life left uh, if I do this treatment uh, that, that's fair enough. Yeah, everybody that's fair. Is the same, <laughs> or not yeah. everybody's the same. Everybody's different. <laughs> right now, this is nutrient therapy specifically, so they're being infused with. With give us some examples of what they might be infused with. Well, it really just depends on what the patient needs. Sometimes we do use vitamin C. Sometimes we use amino acid therapy. Um, sometimes we just rehydrate them with uh, with. Things like yeah. um, uh, saline and uh, lactated ringers, that type of thing. Lactated ringers has electrolytes in it. Okay. Um, so how do you know what you do blood draws to find out what the patient might be short on or something to figure out what it is that they need? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know not, how all that works. Not usually. Um, I take their history. We take a very thorough history. We'll take blood blood tests to make sure that they don't have a deficiency in uh, the pathway that vitamin C utilizes or that the kidneys are working okay. And, and so that's all involved in the, the initial intake. And then I use, I use a variety of different uh, methods. Sometimes I will test for nutrient deficiencies, but many times those are so fleeting in the body that we don't, it, it's a snapshot. 
right? And so it's more about intuition and looking at that person. What do they need? What do you think they need? And going with that. And this is something that can be done while they're on chemo, radiation, and and surgery? Or is this, do you wait until a certain point? How does that work? It can work uh, in concert with chemo, radiation, surgery. Okay, great. Well, you know what? We're going to go out to break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you about side effects with IV therapy. So um, stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Female cancers affect women. But women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We're talking about integrative medicine for cancer treatment with our guest, Dr. Diana Hansen. And I wanted to kind of pick this up. We were talking about IV therapy. And one of the questions I kind of left you all with on the other side of this break was, what are some of the side effects with IV therapy? Is there anything that we need to be concerned about? Well, there, there are side effects um, in that they are things like fatigue. Most people will, if they're getting more of a high-dose vitamin C treatment to help with, um, with their chemotherapeutic uh, regime, then they can have some fatigue for about 24 to 48 hours afterwards. Um, and because vitamin C is uh, very good at lowering blood sugar, that it, you can have some hypoglycemic things, something, you know, we encourage patients to eat during their treatment because it will lower that blood sugar and it will um, cause some nausea. Sometimes people will vomit. Um, we really try to avoid that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Just to avoid. Uh, and, and so, you know, there's, there's always the question about kidney stone for, formation because there was some papers written, I think, in, uh, I don't know, the early 2000s uh, to mid-2000s saying, oh, this is a weak chelator of calcium and you're going to get kidney stone formation. In all of these years, 
I haven't had one person form a kidney stone. Now, that could just be my patient population, but I've actually um, checked with other docs who do this, uh, and they haven't had that happen either. So theoretically, I'm sure it could happen, uh, but in reality, it doesn't because we balance those formulas out uh, to accommodate for any kind of electrolyte shifts. Interesting. Um, let me ask you this question. You said earlier that, you know, you do this as integrative medicine. And so how do you go about working with the oncologist specifically to, you know, how, do, how does that pathway happen for you? Well, I really feel like the best way to treat a patient is to have open communication with all providers. Okay. And so I, I'm always wanting to share notes have, have conversations with those providers if they're open to it. And, and so, you know, we're lucky here in Oregon because many of the oncologists are very open to working with naturopathic physicians. And so it's not true in every state or any, you know, all countries, but here we're very lucky. And so I make sure that we keep that open line of communication. And, you know, we, we exchange notes um, if a provider has questions or if, they, if they'd like research, I am happy to send all the research they ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. So speaking of research, um, is there any evidence-based studies showing the benefits of IV therapy? Mm, yes. There, you know, there's, what, 64,000 um, journal articles and and uh, published articles and, and studies on the uh, wow. Showing now, some of them are good, some of them bad. So it it does not it doesn't it's not one size fits all, right? And so mm-hmm. it really depends on it when it was written, what how the study was um, performed, and what the parameters were, what they were treating, all of these things. Uh, but it, this is this vitamin C in particular has been studied for a very long time. And yeah, and I was going to ask you about that because I've we you know we've heard about it for a long time. We talk about high dose vitamin C, and when you think about the the capsules that you buy at the you know Costco or wherever you're buying right. them from, um, you know that that's not exactly high dose. When you think about you know first off the therapeutic benefits of high dose you know vitamin C, what talk about that for a bit if you can about what what do you mean by high dose? What's the What's the amount? Um, I'm glad you brought that up because let's take a step back. So people think of vitamin C as an oral product, right? An oral vitamin that you take. Mm -hmm. But many times um, you can't, the body has this this mechanism that you reach a certain serum point from an, an absorption standpoint in the GI tract. And the body's like, nope, okay, we're done. And then you get diarrhea. And so it really depends on what that threshold is with the patient. But you can never get the plasma levels up high enough to do too much. Um, Any kind of oral supplementation would be considered an an antioxidant kind of treatment. And so other times people cannot take oral medication. That's, That's something to consider because they are... They're vomiting, they're, they're having a lot of malabsorption issues, mm-hmm. that type of thing. And so IV therapy then goes around because we're putting it directly into the bloodstream and we're bypassing the gut altogether. And we're giving the gut a break. So if you, so going back to what you just, what I think I heard a minute ago, if you give a high dose vitamin C and it turns out to be maybe a little too much, it's not something that's going to harm you, you're just going to, you're just, it's going to come out the other end. <laughs> from <whatever. laughs> Is that high, correct? <laughs> yeah, a high dose oral. Oh, oral so of, an, of anything. Make that dis, uh, distinction. High dose oral vitamin C. Yes, oh, okay. you'll reach your bowel tolerance and your body will let you know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you for clarifying because I missed that. That's a very good point. So, um, so what are the treatments that for post chemo peripheral neuropathy, are there you do something with IV therapy for that? We do, we do. I mean, the 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 post chemo neuropathy is usually because of the chemotherapeutic agent that was used. So we're going to look at how we can um, help the body detoxify those. 
And we use a variety of different substances. Vitamin C is helpful. Um, alpha lipoic acid is helpful. Glutathione, which those are also antioxidants. Okay. And, and so we use a variety of different things. And sometimes we'll use oral supplementation. Many times we'll use oral supplementation of certain herbs uh, and vitamins, things like B6, B5. Now, for all of our listeners, B there's controversy on B6 usage. Um, there was a study that came out, I don't know, probably about 10 years ago saying, oh, well, you know, B6, it'll cause peripheral neuropathy. Not if it's done right. And, and that I, could be said for all of this therapy. It has to be done with the right timing, with the right dosages, and it, 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 that's, that's really the key. And as Americans, you know, we, we like where we think more is better. Uh, and so we'll OD on it. <laughs> and because it's a water-soluble vitamin, it, you, sure. you could lose it. But sometimes that can end up with some negative side effects. Well, you know, I um, for people who are just maybe starting down the pathway of treatment and they're not experiencing neuropathy yet, and, and hopefully most of them won't, but but there are certain chemo drugs that are kind of known for it. And, yes. and I definitely was on one of those, not my first time around, but my second time in 2004, um, they treated me with a drug called Taxol, which is a pretty um, common chemotherapy drug and for some people like me um, mm-hmm. it does cause neuropathy now and for me it was in my feet it's in my was in my toes it started with my toes and the bottoms of my feet and um, but for a lot of people it will go away on its own mm-hmm. and for some other people like me it won't <laughs> and it will right, just right, right. continue to ex- you know to kind of be there is there a time period where um, these additional therapies that might help counter some of that, is it too late? Is there a point where it's just kind of too late and you got to do it soon? Or, you know, well, and I know that wasn't one of the questions I was going to ask you, but fine. I am anyway. <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, yes and no. Um, okay. and, and I'm not meaning to, you know, vacillate on that, that question. But um, so we always encourage patients to start as early as possible with, integrative care because then on the uh, as they are finishing treatment it, I find that they're in a better um, state their body has had some kind of support and and so they're able to detoxify those metals um, and and those chemotherapeutic agents um, and so if a patient is able to uh, come and see us at the beginning of their their cancer journey that's best but in reality, that doesn't happen all, all the time. And so the sooner you can, you know, when you start to notice that neuropathy, that's when you need to seek treatment. And standard, standard treatment sometimes works, things like gabapentin. Sometimes that's useful. Other times it, it doesn't do anything except cause a lot of dizziness and um, fatigue. Yeah. So I think it just depends on the person. If, if a person is, say, 7... 10, 15 years out, and they've been experiencing this, and it's just get, getting, you know, progressively worse, I'm going to have a harder time being able to help with that. So I was on, I remember they, they did try me on, on uh, gabapentin, and, and it didn't really help me. And then the other thing was, um, and I might be saying it wrong, but I think it was glutamine. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And, and it was like a packet, and he said, mix it into applesauce and stuff. Right. <laughs> and so I tried that, and that, unfortunately, that didn't really help me either. Um, so it probably would have been to my benefit to have reached out to you at that point. But it's been so many years now that, like I said, that was in 2004, and it started hitting me pretty quickly. Um, but there was always that hope it was going to go away. And, and like I said, sometimes it does, and that's great. And, I mean, it's been all these years now, and it's still, I mean, I can still function. I'm still walking just fine. I don't use a cane or, you know, any of those things. So it's not it's not debilitating for me, um, but it's still definitely there. And, um, but, so it sounds like maybe I could have had some relief from that had I known to, to investigate this sooner. Maybe, maybe. And, and neuropathy is one of those things. It takes a long time. And you have to build up the GI tract because the chemo is really hard on the, on the GI mm-hmm. tract. And so you, 
you know, part of our protocol when a patient comes in for their first appointment is to start getting that GI tract where it's working um, appropriately and so hopefully not ending up with a lot of other deficits because of diarrhea um, or because of an imbalance in the uh, microbiome, which is the gut bugs, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, because our immune system hangs out there, too, it's, you know, it's 70, 80 percent of our immune system is in the GI tract, right? And, right. and GI tract is so important in how you know, vitamins, minerals, neurotransmitters, hormones, everything, they're, they're synthesized and processed. And so keeping that GI tract healthy is really, really important. So we're not, we don't just do the IV therapy, we're looking at the body as a whole. How okay. do those systems all work together? Because if you don't look at it, if you just piecemeal, um, you're not going to get in my opinion, this is only my opinion. <laughs> but in well, that's why you're on the show. So, <laughs> have at it. I have that blanket statement out there. Uh, but um, you know, if you only look at one particular part of the body and you don't look at how the little systems work together, all the little systems work together. Um, and, and and so you can't just treat one. You have to say, okay, well. Where's that going to be processed? How is that going to be uh, synthesized? And what is this person really lacking? And how can we how can we replenish this? Because people take all these vitamins orally, and they you know I, kudos to them. I I'm always happy when a patient is willing to improve their health and take some vitamins, but they they may not be absorbing as much as they need to be. And so, you know, many times people will see the vitamins, this is, this is disgusting, I'm sorry, but it come out the other end. And, right. and so right. we call that expensive poop because <laughs> it, it is, it is. You're, sorry. That's right. one of those humorous moments. I like that. <laughs> so if we don't fix the GI tract, we're not going to get very far as far as transitioning a patient over into oral supplementation or if they can even absorb the nutrients from their food. And so, you know, we're looking at all of that. Yeah, interesting. It's quite, you really have to have a lot of knowledge base in all these different systems in the body and how they all work together. And I I applaud you for that. So let me ask you this question before we um, run up to our next break here. Are there specific conditions and I mean, outside of, you know, neuropathy, which we've talked about, that you most frequently see after chemo or radiation that can be helped with IV nutrient therapy? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Neuropathy is a big one, but we also see the brain fog. We, you know, patients with brain fog, mm. fatigue, um, muscle wasting. Um, you know, what is and, muscle wasting? What does that mean? Well, it means, you know, when, when a person is sitting for a long time, their muscles don't work as well. Some of the nutrients... That's exactly what it says then, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we need, you know, we'll get weakness um, in our muscles and and... If we can't absorb the nutrients in our GI tract that are going to feed those muscles then and tendons and bones, because vitamin C helps with collagen synthesis, and so you, you get um, that synthesis in the muscles and the bones, in the, in the tendons. Um, it's, it's even good for you know, taking care of, uh, well, I'm not going to say taking care of wrinkles, <laughs> but it does help to produce very good skin. Uh, and so, you know, that's... Those are the things that we see quite a bit of. And we also want to look at the comorbidities because there's a lot of folks who have comorbidities, things like diabetes, hypertension. So we're looking at how can we assist them in changing that and maybe lowering that hemoglobin A1C or giving them um, the ability to get strength back in their legs, hopefully. Oh, you know, okay. There's no guarantees in anything. Well, of course not. That's why they call it the practice of medicine, right? Exactly. Uh, the other thing, you know, scar treatment and poor wound healing. A lot of folks have poor wound healing uh, after chemo radiation because it does it does take your immune system for a for a ride, and so we can we can help to try and strengthen your body in that aspect so that you don't you, you can heal faster, hopefully, and with that collagen production. Because that's important in, in any kind of wound healing. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense because, you know, I mean, I've had issues with wounds that just didn't quite heal right, either from, you know, reconstruction or whatever. You know, we just kind of all go through various things when we're going through cancer um, surgeries and treatments and whatnot. So, so vitamin C promotes collagen synthesis, from what I understand. Yep. And so that would help people recover faster from surgery. So would that, so you would do that as IV therapy? We usually will uh, recommend that patients do um, at least post uh, surgical and okay. sometimes pre, depending on the person, okay. just kind of a boost going into it. And we're always cognizant of, you know, these surgeons and some surgeons don't like you to have any kind of vitamin therapy uh, the week leading up to surgery. And I completely understand that. Um, not that it's going to interfere. It, it doesn't necessarily interfere, but I, I'm always cognizant of that and want to be respectful of their wishes. Good. That factors into all of our treatment plans. Sure. That makes perfect sense. Well, on that note, let's take another break and we will be back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that cursed word, menopause. (laughs) (laughs) Something it's all of our favorites. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. And I wanted to just ask you all, if you're enjoying this show today, there's two things I would love you to do. First off, share this program with your friends. You know, you can share. I believe you, there's a way to share the link. Um, some of you are far more computer savvy than I am. So uh, I'm sure there's a way to do that. But secondly, we have a group page called Breast Friends Around the Globe. And on that particular page, we talk about this show and hopefully people are listening and enjoying it and talking to each other. And because it's a group page, you can all make comments and talk to each other rather than just posting on a regular type of page. But um, do that. Go to Breast Friends Around the Globe. We're, it's, a, it's a fairly new page, only, a, only about two or three weeks old at this point. But um, we've got several hundred people on there already. And it's just a, it's a great way to kind of 
reevaluate what you heard today, you know, and then tell me where you're listening from because I have a personal goal. I used to have a goal to speak in all 50 states. Now I want to speak to people in all 50 states. And I only have four states left um, to, to make sure I talk to people. And those states are North Dakota, Oklahoma, Vermont, and New Jersey. So if you're in any of those states and you're listening, let me know so I can put a star on my map and move on to the next one. So anyway, would love to love to hear from you. Um, so anyway, we're back. Welcome back. We've got our guest, uh, Dr. Diana Hansen, and we're going to talk about menopause, my favorite word. Uh, you know, when you're when you're brand new and cancer treatment going through this and all of a sudden you get kind of launched into this uh, chemo induced menopause, it's rather surprising, <laughs> you know, um, it's kind of catches you off guard and there there's so many you know factors with that and I just wanted to um, kind of have a conversation around some of that so let's talk about menopausal sy- symptom management using herbal this is a good question herbal supplementation pharmaceutical meds diet lifestyle etc so can you just speak to that for a few minutes sure sure so I mean it- as, as women know, um, the hormones play a big role in how our, our body functions. And, and so when those hormones are um, blocked, essentially, uh, using either tamoxifen or an AI, which is an aromatase inhibitor, things like exemestane, um, aromadex, uh, lat- uh, latral, not latral, sorry, <laughs> Pomara. Um, and it, they they block the production, and so we can get those hot flashes, those night sweats, uh, and achy joints, and fatigue, insomnia, um, our libido will start decreasing, all of those things. And, and so being able to address those either with some kind of herbal support or um, some kind of pharmaceutical management... Uh, that's that's what we try to do. There are several different herbs. I, I don't want to go into specifics because I'm I like to tailor programs directly for individuals rather than you know one size fits all. Sure. And, and so you know there are several different things um, that can be very useful from a natural standpoint, but it also depends on where that hot flash is originating from. Some people, some women, get hot flashes when they are hungry. Um, and that is because their blood sugar drops. And so the body's response is to throw out some adrenaline and that gives you a hot flash. But when you eat, you know, you get the panic goes away, a rapid heartbeat goes away, the hot flash goes away. And, and that is because you're, you're giving your body something to feed itself. Okay. That makes sense. And so, you know, sometimes we have to work on blood sugar management. Um, many times women will wake up, this is a, a well, um, uh, in my practice, many women will tell me, yes, I wake up at 3 a.m. And bing, I'm awake. No particular reason. I'm just awake. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I <that>. remember. <laughs> <laughs> it does go away, but it takes a while. It takes a while. And, and yeah. just about every woman, um, and I can't you know, give absolutes, but just about every woman will have some of that waking up in the middle of the night. Sometimes it's due to a night sweat. Sometimes it's due to, you know, blood sugar dropping because they had something sweet before bed, um, that type of thing. And and so there are ways around that that don't involve knocking you out completely. Uh, although, you know, if a woman hasn't slept in, you know, a week to a decade, then yes, I'm going to use some pharmaceutical management to help her get some sleep. Because if you don't get sleep, that affects everything else the next day. And you'll be tired, you'll be grumpy, and you'll have more hot flashes because the stress is up. Oh, so hot flashes are tied to stress then too. I guess I didn't realize that. They can be tied to to stress. They can be lack of hormones. They can be tied to a lot of different things. And so it's about finding out what what is causing them, not just saying, "Oh well, it's it's got to be um, the the um, hormone blocker," right? right? There are usually other things going on. I mean, I have women who are not dealing with a breast cancer diagnosis and are not on hormone therapy, and they in, are in their twenties and thirties, and they'll still get these symptoms. 
And it's Interesting. about balancing things out. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there are, for many of us, you know, the, one of the most common types of cancer is estrogen-fed um, breast cancer, ER positive, as they call it, yeah. and which means that your cancer feeds on estrogen. And um, so we, like that's the type I had, we can't take any kind of hormone replacement therapy. And it's it's absolutely not recommended because we're on drugs trying to remove estrogen. <laughs> we can't be putting it back in, you know. So um, we can't give these, we can't be, be given anything like that. What are the alternatives to hormone replacement therapy, HRT as it's called? Right. There's, there's a few, um, well, there's many herbs that do help. But again, we have to say why, you know, what system is off um, and why are these symptoms happening? And so if we need to treat adrenals, because the adrenals do produce some hormones, and so they're trying to help you out, but they, they don't necessarily do a great job of it, um, especially as we get into our 40s and 50s, our adrenals are a little tired. And I know that adrenal fatigue has been a, you know, a buzzword within the naturopathic community for years, and so I'm not trying to use that. <laughs> but the adrenals are important because if they aren't working, you're going to have more fatigue. You're going to have more um, uh, of the other symptoms that go along with it. And so you know, there's the vitamin E. That, let's talk about vitamin E for a second, which is not an herb, but it is vitamin. And many women who can't take hormone therapy have found some relief with vitamin E. Ah, okay. Right. And, and so there are other herbs that are adaptogenic, meaning they adapt to what the body needs. And there's always been a fear that there's going to be, you know, estrogen stimulation. But that's, that's one of the reasons that we go to school for so long to learn about the herbal um, interactions and mechanisms of action because we have to know what's that going to stimulate in the body and what, are we tr- what, what goal are we trying to achieve? You know, I, I'm going to switch gears on you here for just a moment because I really want to get to a subject before we run out of time that I think is is so important to many of us who have been down this path and who are maybe on this path right now. And that is, you know, when you go into early menopause, you know, when, when women are in their 40s, and a lot of women are being diagnosed with cancer in their 40s and going into early menopause because we're not supposed to go into it at 40. And that's when a lot of us kind of reach our own sexual peak, I guess, in some ways. But here we are going into early menopause. We have a decrease in our libido, or maybe it's completely absent. Um, You know, the ability to have an orgasm kind of becomes more challenging. How do we fix that? Is there hope for that? Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, we can't... We all all love hope, so give give us a dose. (laughs) Absolutely, and because the the libido and having a a sex life, you know, particularly if you have a partner, you want to be able to enjoy that intimacy because intimacy will increase, um, in most cases, satisfaction and, and with good quality of life. And so we want to enhance that. When we, when we are not able to use hormones, there are some herbs that can be used safely um, in folks who are on um, estrogen blockers. Uh, I don't want to really go into too many of them uh, because that's a whole other discussion. But you Could know, you give us just an example of maybe one or two just just to because we have listeners all over the globe right now and it would be wonderful if they could walk away from this with at least one idea of something maybe they could try. So sometimes it, it's um, good to use uh, things like um, Dong Kwai, which is a Chinese herb. And it theoretically it, it would be like a phytoestrogen, but it re- it's an adaptogenic herb. And so if properly administered, it doesn't necessarily increase um, the risk of cancer recurrence. Um, but that's just why you want to have a, a, a doc or a, an herbalist or acupuncturist, whoever you're working with, uh, that knows the, the synergy of these herbs and how they're going to function within the body. Sure, also, that makes sense. You know, the, the one thing that I hear over and over again is about vaginal dryness, after after you take mm-hmm. those chemicals to, to block the hormones. And 
it has um, now gained acceptance uh, within the conventional medical world uh, to use a little bit of vaginal estrogen, really, really weak estrogen, um, in order to to soften up those tissues because it usually stays pretty localized to the, to the vagina. And when estrogen goes away, those tissues atrophy. They dry up, essentially. There are other things like uh, coconut oil, vitamin E. Those can be used vaginally. Um, okay. I usually will say use that as lube. Uh, not, not, not vitamin E, but coconut oil. Uh, and, and that helps to nourish those tissues. But as far as orgasms, I usually, honestly, um, I cut to the chase and I have a um, non-hormonal compounded orgasm cream that I I prescribe for patients. Okay. And that's applied to the clitoris and the the labia about 15 minutes before activity. And that really does seem to help with the achievement of orgasm. As far as the mental-emotional aspect, you know, that desire part, that's a little bit more um, tricky because, because we can't use hormones, we can't necessarily always get that, um, you know, that desire to be back where it was pre-cancer. Sure. But there's a lot of different tools we can use in order to help modulate that. You know, and I know this is probably a lot more information than some people are expecting to hear today, but, you know, it is a very under-discussed topic, mm-hmm. and I probably should have put an R rating on this episode, <laughs> <laughs> but um, honestly, I so appreciate your your willingness to just go there in this conversation with us and, and just, you know, talk about some of the options that we have. We're actually out of time. I'm so disappointed. This has gone so well and maybe we'll have to have you back and talk some more but I'm serious about that (laughs) so um, with that I do need to I need to just say thank you Dr. Diana so much for being on our show today for sharing your knowledge and um, again please share this show with other people Uh, join breast friends around the globe and give us comments on what you think of today's episode and we will be back next week and until then remember there is always hope and we are here to help you find it Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There's always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.